Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Truth Script Tuesday. I'm your host, David Harris, and we're going to look at two articles tonight uh, from this early January edition of the Truth Script Tuesday podcast. These two articles really get to the core of the purpose of Truth Script. And speaking of core purpose, just want to take a moment to thank everyone who has been involved in this ministry from its inception in April of last year up till now. I've really been blown away by um, just all the people who have donated their time and their talent, their resources, uh, and their finances to uh, seeing this project get off the ground. It's been really amazing to see how God has blessed it. Um, Our prayer is that 2024 would go even farther and uh, that this would be an impactful uh, year for Truth Script um, as we try to shine a light in our uh, increasingly dark culture and um, give Christians, equip Christians with uh, answers and um, ways to think through tough questions that are staring them down right now, um, as well as just provide encouragement um, just in general. So um, hopefully, I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that this this ministry has benefited you. Thank you for for uh, if, if not for nothing else. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, share share these articles if they impact you, share them around. There is a way that that might be uh, easier to do if you take a look at uh, your favorite streaming service could be Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The TruthScript, right now it's under TruthScript Live. Um, that may change, uh, but that's if you want to find it, that's what's to search for on uh, on on the podcast platforms. So you can actually find the articles now in audio format. Uh, Justin Puckett, who's written for us a few times, uh, he has volunteered graciously his time and resources to... Um, record these for us. And he has a great, robust voice. Uh, and we really, really appreciate that. And this is kind of makes it easier to to share around. And then um, like I I commute uh, quite a bit. So I'm in the car like an hour and a half to two hours sometimes. And this is a really convenient, easy way to listen to these. You can also go to YouTube and they're also on YouTube. So um, one of the ways that this is really beneficial is, is a lot of people don't read today. So um, sometimes it's, you can have conversations with people that, you know, um, there's almost like a divide between people who read and people who don't. A lot of people don't read. A lot of people are, are spend, you know, a majority of their time on their phone. An audio um, version of an article is a great way to sort of bypass that, you know, if they don't really read. So uh, hopefully just, just to make, make things easier, make things more streamlined. Uh, to share those uh, those resources with others. So we're going to look at uh, two articles from the past week, week and a half. Um, some of the first the first articles of January. The first one is called. What, well, you know what? Before I actually get into that, I want to read for you. Um, I want to read for you the beginning of an article from Christianity Today. Christianity Today. This article is from August 14, 2023. It's called, Should I Offer My Pronouns? It says, gendered language is increasingly controversial in public life. Christians are grappling with how to engage. Just going to read through the, we can only read through the beginning because I don't subscribe. There's a paywall. But just looking at the beginning, Shua Wilmot and Reagan Zalea worked in residence life at Houghton, or Houghton University, a Christian school in upstate New York. Even though it conflicted with university policy, they listed their pronouns in their email signatures to help students identify their genders, they said, given their atypical names. When the university requested they remove their pronouns earlier this year, Wilmot and Zalea refused. They were fired. 
My name is Shua. It's an unusual name, and it ends with a vowel, A, that is traditionally feminine in many languages, Wilmot, whose full first name is Joshua, said in a YouTube interview. If you get an email from me and you don't know who I am, you might not know how to gender me. Zalea added in the same interview that she felt moving her pronouns for, removing her pronouns from her email signature would imply that the students who felt safe by me doing that, the students that felt seen by me doing that, weren't worth taking this risk and this stance. All right, so that's all we are able to, to, to view of that, that article. Um, you can kind of probably take a guess where the, that article is, uh, um, is going, but, um, uh, we had a, um, sort of a different approach to the subject of pronouns, uh, from Andrew Aulis. So Andrew Aulis is, um, uh, a gentleman who's done quite a bit of ministry work right now. He is involved with a church plant in North Dakota, brave gentleman. Um, and he wrote this piece called, what are you willing to sacrifice? Let's just look at the first couple of sentences here and kind of juxtapose it a little bit to the Christianity to today, uh, um, or what, what, what is obvious was going to be the take of that article. A fundamental point of consideration when living in post-Christian society is whether complicity in a lie, unloving confirmation, and even encouragement by approval of a confused lost person in his or her delusion is warranted simply to keep your job and a comfortable middle-class lifestyle. So you'll notice here that um, Andrew is flipping the script from what we just read. Um, you have two people who are fired for, for having their pronouns in. So, you know, Christianity Today has, has sought them out and found them. And uh, look, you know, they, they uh, were, were sort of persecuted for, for doing this thing. Um, the reality of the situation is if you're going to get fired, it's probably going to be because you won't conform to it. I, we, everybody knows that. Um, and the, the question for a Christian is really, are you going to go along with that? Is it warranted this? He says, is it is a <clears throat> is this warranted simply to keep your job in a comfortable middle class lifestyle? What's culturally demanded is referring to a man as a woman using preferred pronouns. But this is denying reality and so denying God as creator who made them male and female. Um, so are you willing to call evil good and good evil? And he sort of uh, he goes on to um, talk about some historical examples uh, the, the martyrs throughout history who um, would not uh, would would not be complicit with 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 lies uh, uh, that, for example, that Caesar is Lord um, and would only say that Christ is Lord and, and would face death for that. Uh, he, he goes into to John Bunyan and um, uh, and a few other examples. But uh, the overall the overall point can be applied even more broadly than to just the issue of personal pronouns. So just, I guess, as an aside with this particular issue. So I, uh, I'm in education. I've been in education for about a decade. Um, I worked in, in New York. Um, I, I live and work in Tennessee now. And um, in New York, this was uh, something that was I was barely able to avoid. I was trying so hard, even just, I didn't want to be in that, the situation where, um, you know, kids is going to walk into a class that I'm in. And, um, it's, you know, it's, oh, we're calling him Steve now. And you're like, that is not Steve. That is Eve. And, um, I know I have friends who, um, work in the same districts that I went to school in, uh, who are already having that issue. Like kids are coming into their class and, you know, so they'll try, try to find ways to avoid it. Um, if, if they're Christians, most people just go along with it. 
Um, but I know for myself, this, that was something that, uh, I, I sort of knew, okay. And it actually is one of the reasons why I relocated, um, from doing the job where I was doing it. Uh, that was something that I knew if this, um, if I'm asked to cross this line, uh, then I'm not really serious about honoring the Lord first and foremostly, because this is not loving towards the people that I'm uh, trying to be a light to, uh, but it's also dishonorable to God. Um, complicity in a lie is not honoring to God, pretending that up is down and down is up. And it's hard because we live in a, a society that, um, you know, is insane, is is that is sort of the pretext for a lot of the the ways of thinking and doing and being within our society. Um, and there's probably gray areas that one Christian could uh, say um, uh, maybe could could be more long suffering. I think we saw some of that over the um, over the COVID saga, where one Christian their conscience uh, won't allow for them to be complicit in one thing that another um, their con- conscience doesn't bother them as much and there was a lot of d- debate and discussion around those things um, something like gender pronouns they're really if there is discussion then you're outside of a biblical framework because this is this is clear reality this is this is the basic um, you know scriptural truths about the world that we live in and about humanity and the way that God has created them. And uh, there are few things as um, as dastardly as as flipping that script. And, um, you know, where we've gotten to in our society now is just, um, you know, abusing children, especially through uh, these um, mutilating surgeries and everything that goes along with it. But um, let's go back to the article a little farther down. So um, he says a little later on, so betraying, denying Christ due to cowardice is here to align oneself with the enemies of God and also with their dreadful eternal fate. They are the ones who, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately fall away. They have denied the faith under the pressure of persecution and by saving their lives in this world, end up finally losing it. So like any other sin, when this sin is revealed in the leadership of the church, it should be dealt with. So what he goes into is, uh, if you are um, trying to find somebody for a position in your church. So this is going to be increasingly relevant. Um, as older pastors retire, uh, for example, um, you should know where they stand on this issue. It, w- it should be a, um, his, his, his point is this should be something that is standard on any uh, in, prospective employment um, uh, questionnaire. Uh, any cross-examination, if you're going to hire somebody or even just have them come on as an elder, you need to know where they're going to uh, stand on this issue. If there's any, you know, if, well, it's nuanced and there's different, well, then you kind of know, okay, all right, we can, we can have you go stack chairs, but maybe a leadership position is, is not where you need to be. And that's not always, some, some people are going to, different Christians are at different stages in their walk, and um, some are some are leaders, and some are are followers, and you know that's that's okay. Um, But those who are not prepared to lead should not be leading. That's 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 the the overall point. Um, He says a little further on. He says. 
Our forerunners in the faith are instructive in this area. John Bunyan. Oh, here's John Bunyan. John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, spent 12 years in jail with a blind daughter, Mary, whom he loved and was unable to support, which broke his heart. All he had to do was be released. All he had to do to be released was say that he wouldn't preach the gospel as an unauthorized, unlicensed preacher. He refused and stood steadfast despite being in jail and not being able to support his family. So um, one of the things that that's a really difficult um, thing to deal with that a lot of us never really thought we would have to think through. But, um, you know, as a man, I have a family. And the thing I care about most in life is uh, is is providing for and taking care of my family, making sure that they have everything that they need and are taken care of. And I can't imagine the stress of not being able to, um, to like presently be, be present and making sure that your family is taken care of. There, there would be, I can't think of really too many other, um, too many things that would be worse than being separated, forcibly separated from, uh, from my family. And, but yet we have seen Christians throughout history who, because they would not comply with the, um, you know, with the, the state religion, um, were forced away from their family. We're not able to, uh, provide in a tangible way. We do know that God, God provides for his people. So, um, we can have faith in that, in that promise, but, um, uh, we also know that persecution happens and, um, that we have to be ready for it. So, um, Take a look at uh, Andrew's article. Again, you can go on um, a streaming platform or you can go on YouTube if you want to listen to it or you can read it on on the TruthScript website. We're going to look now at Jonah Hewer. Uh, He is a gentleman from Minnesota and he wrote an article called Lessons Learned While Praying for God's Judgment. And um, let's just take a look at the beginning here. This is a, this is a great article. He says, as someone who's wrestled with a quick temper since childhood, the idea of wrath has puzzled me for a long time. In particular, understanding when anger is truly righteous and what to do with that kind of anger. This is key right here. What do you do with anger? For years, this has, this has confounded me. Now, obviously there's anger that's righteous and there's anger that's unrighteous, right? Be angry and do not sin. So, He's going to be referring here specifically to anger that is righteous because it is a righteous thing to desire to see injustice punished, to see wrong, wrongful doing and and um, grievous evil as he's going to address, to see that being judged by God. So let's read on. He said, last year I determined to gain a better understanding of wrath and anger. To do so, instead of trying to suppress my feelings of anger whenever they arose, I resolved to meditate on God's holy wrath whenever I began to feel a rise in my temper. This practice taught me a couple of very valuable lessons that I hope will be useful to others. So the context here is is a story from last spring illustrates the lessons I've learned particularly well. So this is Minnesota. Um, He's in Minnesota. Uh, The government in my home state of Minnesota went on a legislative spree to enshrine enshrine all manner of wickedness into our state laws. The laws passed included legalizing abortion up until birth, designating Minnesota as a so-called trans refuge state and a number of other terribly wicked things. And he says here, at the same time as a legislative session, I was working on a construction project for the state capitol in St. Paul. Every day for months, I walked past the buildings where men and women were deciding which fresh sins to institutionalize. Week after week, that reality grated against my soul until one day when I was walking past the capitol after my shift, Anger swelled in my heart and stopped me in my tracks. I turned where I stood, faced the Capitol, and prayed. Here's what he prayed for. I prayed for God to judge my wicked rulers. 
I pray for God to punish the people flouting righteousness and justice, embracing evil instead. I named my governor and several legislators specifically. I poured out my heartbreak and grief for my beautiful, beloved home state, the only earthly home I've ever known. I thank God for his promise that every sin would one day be punished, absolutely, and that everyone who did not confess Jesus Christ as Lord would one day be cast into a lake of fire. A few, thing ha a few things happened over the course of this prayer. So um, I, I can really identify with, with this uh, being from, from New York. Um, uh, Minnesota, I guess first Minnesota, Minnesota is, is, is an amazing state. I, I would love to live in Minnesota, um, or at least I would have. I, I thought uh, of that part of the country as being one of the more boring parts of the country. And uh, I had been there when I was really young, but two years ago, my wife and I drove through the top of Minnesota um, on our way to uh, Montana, and I fell in love with that state. It is one of the most beautiful places. I I like the, I like the the north. I like the cold, so um, I don't mind snow or ice or anything like that. And it's just so beautiful. The lakes everywhere, and the pine forest, and oh, um, and we were driving through this one town. Uh, and there was this big, like Paul Bunyan statue or, or monument, I guess it wouldn't be a monument, uh, like a huge Paul Bunyan statue sort of at this town square. And there's this, this long, uh, sort of classic looking, uh, main street. And at the, at the head of it is this park and with this huge Paul Bunyan. And it looked like the entire town was out having some kind of a, a shindig, some kind of a, a, a summer get together festival or something. There's, vendors everywhere. And it just seems so wholesome. And it's also the Midwest. So people are, everything's kind of like, everything's very clean. Um, and it was just like the most idyllic small town I've ever seen in my life. And so when out around the same time or a little bit before when uh, Minneapolis was burning to the ground and then like Jonah here talking about the 2023 legislative session, it, it's just, it's, mind-boggling that those are the same, that's technically the same jurisdiction. That's the same state. Uh, it's incredible, but uh, where I'm from is very similar. I'm from a, um, a more rural part of New York, but the uh, the entire state is run by very, very uh, wicked people who um, really love their sin and they love evil. So, um, so I very much identified and especially like over the COVID saga, the things that, that I witnessed, especially being in education that my wife witnessed being in healthcare. Um, uh, I, 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 this resonated very, very much. So, so what did he experience? He said, um, he, so he's standing there, he's, he's praying for God's judgment. He's praying for God's wrath. He said, first I was humbled. Why is he humbled? Well, as I prayed, images came to mind of God's wrath demonstrated in the pages of scripture, fire and brimstone boils darkness, the Nile turned to blood and more. But he said, in that moment of pause, I was reminded of, uh, reminded starkly of my own sins. So he realized, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about wrath, but I'm also thinking about how I deserve that. I deserve that same wrath, but God had mercy on me. He said, none of this meant that I lacked the right to pray for God's judgment. Even so, this sharp reminder to fear God helped me keep from arrogance in my prayer. And I was reminded of my own unworthiness of the gift of mercy I've so happily received. So, um, well, one thing I think is notable is that he's not saying that <laughs> it's his desire for God's judgment uh, on this evil, um, that that was wrong. It's just that he, he's realizing that he, but for the grace of God, would he be in that, that number as well? So second, he's the second effect 
of my prayer was a great encouragement in my heart. It grieves the believing heart to live in a fallen world. My heart was certainly grieving on that day in particular. So many opportunities for both deep discouragement and helpless anger are presented to believers. Now, this is this is a really good line right here. Helpless anger. So if you're angry at the current political situation, uh, which I'm sure is that's would be more commonplace now than probably any time in recent history. Um, what do you do with that anger? Well, if you don't have um, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, if you don't have if you don't have God, then um, there's really nowhere to take that anger. You're just upset, and it's not it's not a surprise why why um, you know suicide rates are uh, the highest they've 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 been in a long time. Um, that drug overdoses. What do you do if you're angry? If you it grieves you to see injustice, but you just keep, there's nothing that can be done because you don't have eternal perspective. So that's what Jonah's bringing into the forefront, and that is one of the reasons why. We should not despair because um, we it's our anger does not need to be helpless um, because we're not helpless because we serve a God that is not helpless. He's he is um, he's working things together for uh, for the will of those who are called according to his purpose, as, as we uh, as we know from Romans eight. So. Um, he says, even so, anger and discouragement may be dispelled by the simple reminder that vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Did my heart break to see evil being done in my state? Did I yearn for God's justice? Well, this is another good line. Well, the divine court dates are set. The divine court dates are set. You know, that's put it on a bumper sticker. Just stick it on the back of your, your car. I, 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 people, people, a lot of people will more and more will probably get what that means. Um, it's a, it's a um, sort of a chilling yet almost comforting thought. <laughs> Um, and then finally says, I was delighted by God's mercy. God's mercy seems all the sweeter after meditating on his wrath. If, um, if, if he's guilty and you're guilty and I'm guilty, then, uh, if God had condemned me to eternal damnation rather than saving me from my sin, he would have been no less good or just. And yet he showed me mercy. So he says here at the end, I wanted and still want the sins of the 2023 legislative session in Minnesota to be punished, but maybe by God's grace, their punishment can be found at the cross rather than in the pit. So um, there's a number of, of, of takeaways from, from this piece, uh, but one that you can apply directly to your life uh, now. And, and I, I definitely have been since reading this uh, is when I'm filled up with um any combination of, of anger or despondency because of what I see on a daily basis. And it's been said before, uh, we're not really meant to experience uh, the, the amount of information that is constantly flying us. We see every problem and every horrible thing coming in from every corner of the world. If we had seen that throughout history, then we probably would, we'd feel the same way all the time, but um, our brains aren't, aren't really, uh, um, especially those of us who have not grown up, and we're not really digital natives. We grew up before this stuff existed. Um, these technologies, it's overwhelming and it's very easy to get, um, you know, depressed, despondent. Um, and I think if we're honest, a lot of us fight that. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's my sound cliche, but um, we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. But that doesn't mean that we just need to say, um, you know, well, dear Lord, um, uh, you know, please make everything right. We are, we are allowed to pray specifically for God's justice and, and, and judgment. And that is not a bad thing. God's justice is a good thing. Um, and when we do that, 
then we'll find, like in Jonah's case, we will get a more, um, we will get a more, we'll get a, a, an, an eternal perspective uh, on the situation that uh, that we're currently in. So when you feel angry, when you feel upset uh, towards towards the evil that you see around you, take that to the Lord in prayer. Um, thank him for his mercy on you. And you can pray that it would be extended towards others. And it's okay to ask for him also to um, to judge to judge evil as well. So uh, two really good articles um, for, for this True Script Tuesday. Uh, again, I just remind you, if you're interested in writing for True Script, you can always submit something. You go uh, here to, I'll pull it back up to the uh, True Script website. You go to the bottom of our homepage, and there's a little button here that says publish. There's a style guide, and then um, uh, there is also, if you haven't clicked on that style guide, um, we do go into specific things and ideas for you to write about. But uh, current things that are going on are always good, and there's plenty of timeless topics as well um, that could be addressed. Thanks for tuning in. God bless, and we will, God willing, see you next week.